Hello and welcome to Aisha Presents with me, Aisha Nabi. In this episode, we will be exploring the many ways in which toxic masculinity affects men. I'll be talking to Vom Cruz, who is a co-host of the podcast It's Your Funeral and Instagram's most cancelled idiot. He's currently working on a Vom Cruz podcast and writing memes for capitalist pigs. This episode contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. If you or anyone you know are affected by any of the issues raised, please click on the link in the episode's description for further advice and support. It's good to talk. This series is sponsored by Arima CBD Oils, which many people have found helpful in alleviating the symptoms of physical pain and anxiety. Arima have an extensive range of CBD oils in varying strengths. Their researchers have extracted pure hemp oil from organically grown cannabis plants without using harmful chemicals. All of their products are manufactured and tested in the UK in a strict and methodical environment, making Arima CBD amongst the purest on the market. Visit www.arima.co.uk to make your purchase. If you use my code AISHA10, you will receive 10% off on all your orders. I'm joined now with Vom Cruz. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So how, how are you doing today anyway? I'm a bit soggy. It's raining, <laughs> out, raining outside. Yeah, we've missed the heat wave, so it's now like temperamental Yeah, I'm fine showers. otherwise. Apparently yeah. we're getting another heat wave though in a few weeks' time. Great. <laughs> Mentally prepare yourself for that one. <laughs> so how are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. So people who know you may know you as your comical alter ego Vom Cruise, but since chatting to you, it's clear there's more to Vom Cruise than the facade you've put off on social media. How did this character come about and where did the name Vom Cruise come from? Um <clears throat> I didn't mean to create this monster, but <laughs> it was I was in a band called Swiss Lips and when nobody sort of seemed to give a fuck about our music anymore, I started trying to promote it by making like jokes or memes and then sort of attaching the music to it. And that was working because I was getting things going viral with our music on, but they were a sort of joke because I realised that people actually prefer memes to music, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> we live in hell. <laughs> so anyway, the band broke up as I was always going to do was going to do and then I sort of just carried on because I had this like new dirty little hobby and the, there was a week that sounds really dodgy <laughs> yeah. well I, yeah I mean it is a bit but um there was a week where I was obsessed with Tom Cruise because he's like a he's like a miniature psychopath isn't he he's a weird little <laughs> lunatic so I um there's one meme I saw recently I think it was during the um FA Cup mm. final do you know like when they put the football in the little car oh and yeah he said and it, it was, was Tom Cruise's car no it was actually Hasbulla my, uh, <laughs> my sweet your new obsession adopted son yeah so I was a, I was a bit obsessed with Tom Cruise and then I think the name came from that obviously like that week I don't know why why it popped in my head but I did I needed a new name because I carried on the band account and just turned it into Vom Cruise so, so did, did the original because I know you're Vom Cruise too now because you got, yeah, got <laughs> you got banned cancelled <laughs> on the Instagram police yeah. so is um so Vom Cruise the original account for that that was for Swiss Lips that was well, like there was about, I think there was about a thousand posts on it from the band, like initially, and then when the band broke up, um, I asked them, I was like, because it had a, it had a few thousand followers, mm. and then I was like, well, can I carry on using? Can I use this account? Do you care? You know, and they were like, no, we don't give a fuck. So yeah, because I'd been running it anyway, so they just let me take it over and turn it into a meme account. You've so literally swept them out though, because it's just before you got blocked, it was like covered. Yeah, with memes. I know. Yeah, 
and put you know. So you didn't want to li- you don't you didn't want the Swiss lips memory to live on then. Well, not in the form of the Instagram really. I didn't really care. It was our music lives on. Okay, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> Do you feel that men often use humor to mask serious issues around mental health? Because obviously this is a facade that you've put up and it's funny and everyone laughs mm-hmm. at it. But obviously it's not you. It's not a reflection of you since talking to you. Well, I don't put, I don't really sh- share any personal information on the internet. and I, I never have. And I, and I don't really enjoy that aspect of modern life. So I, I use the internet to make myself laugh and make other people laugh. I yeah. guess. But they do, men, yeah, definitely use that as a coping mechanism, I guess. And I don't know, I think... Sometimes when we're faced with tragedy, like you, you have to laugh. It's like oh, it's all you've got left. Because mm. I mean, look, we we live in a country run by evil psychopaths, who, you know, self-serving bastards. Um, and it, we just had a flying AIDS going around killing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what can we do but laugh? It's either laugh or cry. So yeah, but you know, on a personal level, yeah, I think we do just. You know, we we when I t- if I talk to my friends about their issues or something like mental health or something, we always end up turning it into jokes. I think, like, because obviously speaking to guy mates, and I've got a few guy <laughs> mates, they, it is a common pattern there that they use humour, they use it in a jokey way to like cover up mm-hmm. how they're really feeling. I think it's obviously to make them feel comfortable. It's obviously the counter argument because people will say, oh this could be quite damaging as it diminishes mental health and trivialises it to an extent that it could be considered soft and not be taken seriously. However, on the other hand, if it Mm. encourages people to open up through humour, then at least it leads to a conversation. Yeah, I think think we seem to be in a better place than ever um, for, you know, talking about our feelings and stuff. Like, I have friends who I grew up with, have known my whole life, who, you know, we have... We've never been like laddie lads, but we've, we, we are, you know, we, for the first time, like one of them will will text me and say like, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Are you all right? And, you know, I, which is new. It's extremely new. You know know what I mean? They'll, they'll, they're looking out for the mates and I'll do the same if, if one of them, I know some has gone through something traumatic or whatever, then I'll be like, give me a shout. You know, I'll say what, what's going on? Talk to me, you know, and we never used to do that. So I think. It's it's getting better because people are talking about it more, um, and I think we can still do do it with a bit of humour. I don't know. Yeah, I think if there is a channel for it to lead to mm. a conversation, and at least maybe humour is the best way to go about it, especially with certain men, because they don't want to be too serious. I feel mm. like some men kind of hide behind a mask or a facade, and they don't feel comfortable speaking how they really feel. So I think if there's humour involved, then maybe they can. I know some uh, men's podcasts kind of introduce humour and, like, jokes mm. and stuff while they're talking about something serious because it lightens the whole mood. I think yeah. it makes it more engaging as well. Yeah, I agree. There's so many negative and actually sexist stereotypes enforced onto men, especially through adolescence, such as man up, mm. boys don't cry... And often the derogatory, don't be a pussy, which, may I add, is a bloody ironic phase to use because a pussy actually withstands so much pain like periods and childbirth, so he's in fact strong. A ball bag is way more sensitive, don't you think? Well, (laughs) what she called, Betty White said something like that, didn't she? She said, like, people say, grow some balls, and she was like, grow a pussy. Yeah, seriously, yeah. I can take a kick in. So they use these terms, it's really like, 
obviously very derogatory. But mm. anyway, enough about balls and pussies. <laughs> Coming <laughs> back to the negative status quos, were there times where you fell into that trap or progressing out of it and tried to undo those years of toxic culture? I think so to a point. But like, like I said, I was never, I was never like a blokey lad. Or I've never been like that. I've always been sort of in touch with... I was a quiet kid to a point and then I, I, I've always been in touch with sort of artistic side and my nature and things like that and I was always I was always into that and expressing that so I don't know I mean growing up in the north um, being a teenager in like the early 2000s you were expected to be a bit tough like by the mm-hmm. other kids but I was always a little pussy or a little ball bag whatever you want to call it yeah. and, and I did avoid getting my head kicked in a few times just by making people laugh but it was, I just sort of distanced myself from those type of, types of people that I could see were really poisonous, you know what I mean? And, yeah. my, and my family were never like that. My dad was never like that. He was like a positive role model for me. So I didn't have that problem, but I definitely have problems opening up about my feelings. I always have had, yeah. you know, I'd rather just go off on my own for a walk and work it out on my own. You know what I mean? I, I hate talking about myself. Why is that? I don't know if it's just the way my brain is put together. Do you think it's from years of like this kind of? I don't know because I think structure you've been inflicted on, like how men should be, mm-hmm. and like is it is it maybe that that's partly to do with it? Maybe fuck knows. I don't know. I mean, I'm just not very very good at talking about myself, like my own problems. I'm really not. I don't like it. I'm just like oh, can't be honest. I'd I'd rather just deal with it myself and show people the other side to me and I know that's not necessarily healthy but it's just it's what I'm used to but I don't really it's not think it's because like I wasn't encouraged to speak out because I, w- I was like my mum my and my dad and my mates would always be there for me I think. yeah but yeah I just I don't know Did you also w- I don't don't take life too seriously I really don't so <laughs> clearly because <I>, <laughs> this is fucking stupid so you know I just think Half the time, I think, well, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> you know? I think it's quite a nice attitude to have. But, like, obviously coming back to, like, uh, you know, those negative stereotypes, like, you know, man up, don't be a girl and stuff like that. Did you ever notice that with, like, your friends and stuff growing up? Um, I used to call people a pussy if they wouldn't, like, do something. I think everyone still says that, though, now, don't they? Yeah. I've said it a few times, and I think, actually, really... Pussies are quite a strong thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it means something else when you say that. It means, uh, but you know, it is the wrong word. Yeah, so, yeah, but it means something else when you say that. And I don't know. I think it's still all right to say that to, to some extent to your to your mate. Not yeah, to, not to like a little That's kid. <laughs> like, to a stranger. <laughs> to a little kid who's like scared of something. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find, because like, obviously you said like up in the north everything's really chilled. Did you find coming down here? No, like, it's not chilled. It's hectic. <laughs> yeah. No, it's horrible. Uh, no, no. It's actually- so, so our producer is also co- called Sam and he like loves, name, the, he loves the north. He thinks, he's, he says it's so chilled compared to here. And he's like, because it is, it's quite where, where Where in the north have you been? Because that's York. York, York, he York, says. York is, I mean, York is hectic <laughs> he loves on a York. night out. Yeah, it's hectic on a night I saw some video like when they first reopened the pubs the other day of some like women rolling around <laughs> on the floor next to, next to like a be- the beautiful river or that's probably why he wants to go he wants to see a bit of that action yeah i mean it didn't look <laughs> it didn't look very appetizing it was it was yeah, it's it was, all coming out now producer sam um <laughs> i don't know there's a lot of beautiful nature countryside up north but the cities are generally like swamps of 
and insanity. <laughs> and I, grew, I grew up in a little village as well, which was just full of lunatics. But I mean, yeah, it's got its positives and its negatives. It just rains every fucking day. That's why it's. That's why. I was but like, well, so obviously coming back, like it was really chilled there. Sam, the producer, said it's really chilled there compared to like London and Essex. Did you find coming down here like really stressful? Like I know you said it's hectic, but did you find that kind of influence affected your mental health in, in, in any way no i think i think i don't i don't think it's any more chill like I, well i lived in manchester for years before i moved to london and um manchester's it's a brilliant city but it's 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 way more rough than london if you if you go to the wrong places <laughs> you know i got i was involved in an armed robbery in, in manchester you know i got gun, gun put to my head no that's, that's way. never happened in, in what, what where was it, what happened had to, i think do you need to hear the story um well luckily for me i was so pissed right i'd been djing in this bar and um I, I was djing and my mate was running the bar and we were just getting hammered and doing loads of shots and stuff and it got to like two in the morning and I was just packing my stuff up. And the girl who'd been one of the barmaids came running up the stairs screaming. And these there's like three masked guys with shotguns running behind her. Oh and I was God. like, oh, shit. And anyway, they were like, everyone on the floor, everyone on the fucking floor. I was like, oh, here we go. So It's like something out of a film. I don't think I've ever experienced anything well, like that. Well, like I said, I was so drunk. I was all right. But anyway, I've, I, we all jumped down on the floor. And then he dragged my friend upstairs to empty the safe. And one of them, and while these other guys sort of waited, and one of them, one of them was saying, "Don't turn around to me." And it was, it was years ago. This it was just when iPhones had come out, and I'd got one. And I, and as I lay on the floor, it fell out of my pocket, and I just thought, "You're not having my fucking iPhone, no <laughs> way." So I turned around to pick it up, and he whacked me in the back of the head with a shotgun, and was just, like, "I said, don't fucking turn around." I was like, "Oh god." Here Did we you go. take your phone then in the no, end? No, he's like, "I don't want it." <laughs> and then they took they got all the money and the funniest thing was because it was manchester because it was proper scallies in Man- south manchester in fallowfield um when they, <laughs> they all ran off down the stairs and the last one just went sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> which, which was really funny <laughs> but then we all got up and sort of dusted ourselves off and like I was so drunk it didn't really affect me and the police came and interviewed us all and then <laughs> you know the people who had you know, I shouldn't lie in this. People had some real like PTSD from it. I spoke to one of the girls afterwards. She was really upset. But I think I was just so drunk that it didn't really bother me. And I just I love thought, how you were only like fussed about your phone. And you didn't even want that. No, <laughs> you didn't want it. And it was all over with in a few minutes. But I mean, that kind of shit has never happened to me in London. Like that, that happens all the time in Manchester. It's just, it's a crazy, guns. Cra- yeah, the, the, well, they used to be known as Gunchester, didn't it? I mean, it's a bit better now, but there's gangs there, loads of them. Oh, my run God. Shit. But, I mean, I grew up in a... Look, I'm not ghetto. I grew up in a little <laughs> beautiful village about 40 minutes from Manchester. I just lived there for a while. But I was there was no shock moving to London, put it that way. I just thought it was better. I was like, this is better. Yeah. It's, it's sunnier, and I might not get shotgunned today. <laughs> One big perk. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you feel men are more afraid to show emotions? Is it because they're afraid to be perceived as, and I quote, weak, and or a fear of burdening people with their so-called emotional baggage, or just simply too much pride? Um, <clears throat> I think people are, pers- uh, some people are worried about being perceived as weak. I'm not, and I don't think many of my friends are. To I mean, some of them have some issues. I think... W- we just don't know how to talk about our own feelings. You'd like approaching the situation, yeah, yeah. We've never done it. We've never been taught how to speak about our feelings, you know, and from a young age. I mean, 
yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Maybe we didn't have any role models to talk about who talk, spoke about the feelings. We just we just didn't talk about it, so we don't know how to do it. I think I think that's it. Do you think feel like now that things are becoming more open and mental health isn't really seen as a taboo or mm. like seen as a shock or seen as something to be afraid of? Do you feel like now people are actively coming out and talking about it? Have you noticed anything like that? With your guy mates, like people are being mm. more open with with mental health. Well, not really. I mean, not noticed a lot of it. I have noticed people's people have asked me about how I'm doing if if they thought I'm sort of having a, a low point, but not really. I think, but we all know we could talk about it in general. I think people are talking about things way more, you know, and it seems to be anyway. All anybody ever does is talk about the fucking feelings on the <laughs> internet these days. <laughs> I mean, it's like this is a podcast on men's mental health. <laughs> I told you not to get me on here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know you're sad. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I've just been shot here. <laughs> Have you got the shotgun on you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm joking. We should talk about our feelings. And it's a, it is a massive problem because men keep killing themselves. Stop killing yourselves, for fuck's sake. Yeah, the suicide rate in men is really high. You can hear it on the trailer. Because <laughs> I talk about that fact on the trailer. Um, you also co-host a podcast with Barnaby Slater called It's Your Funeral, where you openly talk about death and the ideal funeral head on in a lighthearted and humorous way. Mm-hmm. We all know that death is a subject many people tend to avoid. Can you describe your motivation for tackling grief and death and what led you to create such a unique podcast? Um, so for those of, for people who don't know what it is, you can like explain kind of concept of It's Your Funeral. So uh, It's Your Funeral is... It's like Desert Island Discs, but about your imagined funeral. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's always sort of tinged with comedy, but it is, you sort of, if you were my guest now, you would describe... My wake. Your, well, your wake, who's, who's allowed to come to your funeral, where it's going to be held, what music's going to be played, what you're going to be wearing, all that. And it's kind of a lighthearted look, and I can't take any credit for it. Uh, Barnaby, he came up with the idea... And I think he just wanted me on there to just uh, talk shit. So, <laughs> so it was his idea, but, you know, I thought it was a good idea and he's a good friend of mine. So, yeah, it was, it's, it's been fun. We've, been, we've done quite a few of them now. I think it's a really good idea because, as I said before, like, it is, death is something that people tend to avoid talking about and people do struggle to tackle with grief. We pretend death. it's not happening. We pretend, we, yeah, we pretend kind of, we're not going to die, don't yeah, we? Yeah, you kind of like take death for granted and you turn a blind eye and you pretend it's not going to happen. Like, unless you've been close to that situation, it can be, then you realise actually life is really bloody precious. Mm. But it's, it is a quite a clever concept because you're making it kind of something that you should talk about almost, almost like mental health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you're right. actually being proactive with it and you're talking about in a jokey way but actually there is probably some underlying truth in some of your guests mm, yeah. chosen wake or funeral idea well a couple of people have have been really sort of sincere with their reflections on death and their thought on their experiences with losing people and stuff like that and it's been there's been some really brilliant moments that have come out of like you said before us sort of having a laugh and a chat we've then got some to some truth you know and it's yeah. and that's been really really nice and then uh, people have, have written to me and said like oh that episode was amazing you know yeah. it, it sort of my head out about stuff so um that's cool but yeah i think we just 
we didn't know what was going to happen until we started it. I feel like in a way it kind of ties into like mental health as well mm. because where people avoid talking about it and it is such a unique topic to have on like a podcast as well like people might think oh my god that's a bit morbid mm. but unless you hear it and unless you hear like what people are saying and what what they would like and it's like kind of jokey and kind of fun mm. but t- it's turning something that is going to potentially be negative obviously death isn't nice into something quite positive and it's quite a nice spin on it i think mm. and i quite like that idea well, some some cultures in the world they celebrate death and they yeah. you know they they're not scared of it because i mean they usually think they're going somewhere better isn't that like mexicans and they have like um they have like a death party don't they? yeah they have that a day of the dead and but there's loads of places where they just have a big party when someone dies you know it's us that go we don't talk about it we just go like fucking hell they're gone and that's <laughs> it and then like you just have a little cry and we're all silent in a re- it's boring our funerals are so boring where was it that i read somewhere i think it's mexico or some i don't know i i might be wrong but they dig up bodies Oh, I think it's in um, and they de- Mauritius. Yeah, yeah, they dig up bodies and they decorate them with yeah, flowers. They do, they do it them. every year for 10 years. Yeah, they, so then they have a little party, they get grandma up again and then they <laughs> have a meal with her. It's, it's a bit gross. <laughs> it's like, come on, mate. Dig up grandma, <laughs> yeah. decorate her and then put her back in again. Yeah. I don't think I could ever do that. I think that's so... Psychos. It's quite scary. Imagine being a kid and being like, oh, look, she was in the ground. Now she's up having a meal with us. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit weird. And every year she's going to be more and more fucked. And it's know. smelly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine the smell? It's going to put you off your um, whatever food they eat. I think if I had a funeral, like as a jokey thing, do you know that you get those um, screens <laughs> you can see inside the coffin? Mm. I would want to have one. <laughs> Not of me, dead, no. I'd pre-record. I'd be like banging on like get me out yeah, get me good. out <laughs> yeah. and like people think oh my god it's she's in there by mistake or i'd have what they had during the plague and a bell do you yeah. know like apparently if you shake the bell and i'd make it move mm. <laughs> so people think i'm in there alive <laughs> <laughs> i would fuck with people's heads <laughs> if yeah. i had that you option. should do that get, i mean you do have the option you've got to tell whoever when you're old you've got to lay out the plans yeah we'll see mm. <laughs> um why do you think also coming off of like coming at, um, men mm. being afraid to speak out about issues? Why do you think men are afraid of seeking help for medical health issues generally, including intimate checkups such as prostate, sexual health, but also specifically mental health? Like, you know, making those first steps to mm. do that. I love how I had to throw prostate in there. I think we're just all <laughs> sick of being fingered by our doctors. <laughs> Sam, the producer, likes it. <laughs> he likes being fingered by his doctor. I mean, it depends who your doctor is, I suppose. But I think it's because we secretly, the mental health thing, we all secretly think we're really hard. Like, men think they're so hard. They think that, you know, if they get cancer, they could probably beat it by, like, p- punching a wall or drinking 10 pints. Because, <laughs> like, loads of men don't, they get se- seriously ill and they don't talk about it. Yeah. And I, I don't go to the doctors unless, like, I'm dying. And See, that's the problem, because yeah, then you will... I just don't want to bother him, and I, I hate fuss, so I'm just like, oh, fuck it, it's fine. But I don't, I, don't, I rarely get ill, you know, so it's all right. Like, have you, with the prostate thing, though, I read there's a fact, apparently a lot of men get really scared to go for that checkup, and that's the thing, because obviously scared of opening up mentally, scared of doing that, 
And it's just like, <laughs> Sam's making gestures and it's really putting me off. <laughs> but it's like, it all comes down to this fear of like... Just get on with it, guys. It might feel nice. But you're even saying you don't go... No, but I don't... Not for I prostates. Don't. I'm not talking about prostates now, just generally. No, but I, I mean, if I've got a cold or something, I don't go to the doctor. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm going to waste the time. If I, I'll go... If I've got something like I might like, shit, this is bad. What is this? Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Um, but that's rare. You know what I mean. Some people they're always fucking there. They're always mm, you're like, come on, you know, like the NHS is on its ass. Yeah, yeah. so true. Yeah, Especially like, now with lockdown and everything, COVID. But you should go if you're sad or you've got something. COVID or chlamydia. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because we did, I did mention sexual health. That's another thing. Guys don't tend to go there because it's like a taboo still to get sexual health yeah. checkups. Well. Why do I sound like some sort of NHS nurse? Like, <laughs> make sure you get tested. <laughs> In your opinion, why is it important for men to speak out and what can be done to encourage men to be more open about their feelings and their health? And what advice would you give to someone who is struggling in this regard? Um, Right, one, don't kill yourself. Um, that's okay, if, someone's, if someone wants to kill themselves, what? Like how are you going to do it? No! <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give? Like, what What would you... One, how? don't. <laughs> <laughs> Two, chill out. Like, come on, come for a cuddle. Um, no, in all seriousness, I think it's, it's very important that we, we, we speak out about these things because people are just, like we said, just killing themselves all the time. And they feel like they've got nowhere to go. And really, the reality is, no matter how big your problems are, like talking about them really helps, doesn't it? Mm. Like, especially with someone you trust. You're like, getting it off your chest really helps. And I know I, I need to take this advice from myself as well. I think it's harder to take your own advice. This is something I've noticed. Yeah, you're right. You're probably the same. Oh, I yeah, definitely massively. am. I'm really good at giving advice. Yeah. Because I'm an outsider, I'm outside of the situation, I can see it objectively. Yeah. But then once I'm in a situation, I'm really bad at taking my own advice I'd give to someone else. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're all idiots, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> yeah. I love myself in that as well. But, um, yeah, so, you know, like I said, I've got male friends who have known my whole life texting me, asking me if I'm okay. So I think, I think maybe it starts, we've got to do it like look after the men we know like go, go are you alright you know check in with yeah. them and maybe maybe that's going to encourage people to speak out if they think it, you're not going to turn your nose up at that and, you, and you're just going to listen then they're, they're more likely to do it so just just let them know that that's alright yeah what advice would you give to someone who is struggling then except for don't kill yourself <laughs> give me a call <laughs> that sounds really <laughs> give me a call we'll add give the me, number in the episode photo, description give me a call <laughs> no, <laughs> no what I would suggest is speak to somebody you trust anyone yeah you know a family member a friend and just say I need to talk to you I don't feel good yeah. you know what I mean Let, then they'll do after talking and they'll drag it out of you you've just got to open up the little window yeah. of opportunity because if they don't you can't see everyone's too busy in the modern world to like notice that someone's not doing so good half the time you know you only see your friends every now and then you don't don't see your family every now and then most people so just yeah if you're if you're not feeling too good and to open up to any mates or go on holiday yeah escape (laughs) i think like coming back to that point it's a really good point i think 
the most important thing is establishing mm. someone you can completely be vulnerable with because there's nothing yeah. worse than opening up about your problems to someone you can't be vulnerable with because you're not going to completely let yourself go and you're not going to completely open up to someone about how you're feeling. So I think if you've got a guy mate or a female friend, make sure you are completely comfortable with them. So completely let yourself go and completely be vulnerable so you can talk about things. It's nothing yeah. worse than doing it with someone you're not really close to because you're going to feel like there's mm. a stigma behind it or they're judging you. Or it's true. You know what? When I was younger, the only time we ever spoke about our feelings, me and my mates, was when we were on pills. So I love you. I love you. So maybe if nothing else is working, just do some pills with your best mates and tell them, have a big cry and tell each other you love each other. May I just add, as a side note, this podcast doesn't encourage drug using. No, I don't really <laughs> either. I'm just doing exactly what we talked about earlier. I'm making a joke out of something serious. <laughs> um, I know you mentioned um, in your bio. By the way, your bio is interesting. <laughs> I, well, like I said, I don't. I mean, what what is it to say? I don't know. It's it's not that character isn't. It's a bit of me, but you know. And how much of you is in Bomb Cruise? Well, it's all me, really. I mean, I, I'm, I'm. I do. I'm. I don't know. I do like taking the piss out of things because things annoy me but it's not who I, I you know i don't live on the internet really it's like i do have a life outside of it we will attach your handle oh yeah at the, in the episode description but for people who don't know you got cancelled didn't you yeah for the bomb cruise one so why did you get cancelled then what happened um, <coughs> well they, they threatened to get rid of me a load of times because they keep changing the rules. It's boring, but they keep changing the rules on what you can and can't say. And I, I do tend to make jokes that are a bit dark, and then they don't see them as jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and then they think I'm being serious. So the one I got, I actually ended up getting banned. So it was on the la- I was on my last sort of last try, I think, and they banned me because I said, "Does anyone know Rose West? I want to interview her for my podcast." Now, <laughs> if fucking Piers Morgan did that, you get a BAFTA. But no, I do it. I get banned from Instagram. So fuck you, Instagram. Yeah. You bunch of cunts. Right? Give me my page back. So this page... Kate Beckinsale was following me and I miss her. <laughs> that, so that page is now completely gone. So now you're Von Cruz too. Yeah, I've, you know, pathetically like a little worm, I've crawled back. <laughs> you go, you hate it one minute, but you still make the Von Cruz too. Better make a Von Cruz 3 just in case mm-hmm. though. But someone has already fucking made one and not. I've not got the logins. So someone's... Someone's actually made one? Yeah. I, I reckon I, it's someone you know. Yeah, it is. I think I, think I know who it is. Yeah. Trying to screw with you. Yeah. And so they're probably going to make you pay for it. I'm just going to quit. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have a little little tantrum <laughs> and quit. And I'll be back a week later with Von Cruise 4. I heard also you're making a podcast. When does that come out and what will that entail? Um, <clears throat> I've still not done it because I've been busy doing other things because nothing like that gives me any money. Um, but I'm going to do a Von Cruise podcast um, shortly. Probably in the next couple of months, I'll get a couple of episodes out. But I'm not sure exactly on the on what's going to happen yet. I think it's just going to be me talking absolute shit drunk. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I will have guests guests on there. I'll have. It's just going to be quite silly in the vein of Vom Cruise. Amazing. Maybe I'll just be talking about things I've learnt, or I'll be. I'm also going to do a thing called Vom Solves Your Problems where you can ring in with your problems and then I'll just give Isn't you that it. like Jim, Jim will fix it? I mean, people have often <laughs> compared gonna me to Jimmy. I'm going to get cancelled now. I'm going to get cancelled now for even mentioning that. No, I mean, 
people have often compared me to Jimmy Savile. That's <laughs> not a compliment. I'm joking. <laughs> no, J- Jimmy Savile did not fix your problems. What he did is he like he fixed gave you your things. wish, <laughs> gave you a wish, and then gave you PTSD by fingering you. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> He's, oh my God. Yeah, it was not good and that's not what I'm going to be doing with my podcast so have you actually decided what's, what it's going to be on it's just going to be it's going to be a selection of different things and I think you should just wait and see alright okay that sounded quite blunt <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're coming towards the end of our episode but thank you so much for coming on today it's been a barrel thanks. of laughs thanks for having me um, that's all we have time for now join me next time and don't forget to subscribe Recorded and produced by the AV Club Podcast Production.